0: ST 2016, this is... Interviews, music reviews, and more. This is... This is... The Hotter Show.
1: What's up, listeners? We are rolling audio here today on episode 354 of The Hotter Show. I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic, and thank you so very much for tuning in to today's Halloween special. Now... Things are obviously a little different here today. I'm in a bit of a different mood. I'm kind of setting the tone for what we're going to be discussing here today as I'm not normally this, uh, I'm not going to say mellow, but uh, you know, I'm sitting in a dark room right now. I've got just a couple of uh, candles actually lighting up my area as I record this because it is, of course, Halloween. And I want to thank everybody for checking out last week's episode of the show, a Halloween special in which I shared the six most recent episodes of my Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Tapes of Trepidation, which is a horror narration podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed getting a look at what my patrons do receive. I had a ton of fun sharing that with you all. I have way too much fun doing the Tapes of Trepidation, and I cannot wait to release the next few things that I have ready for the Tapes of Trepidation because my patrons are actually going to be getting a bonus episode this month. They already got one, technically two, because it was a double feature. But they are also going to get a special exclusive Halloween-themed episode, and I cannot wait to drop that. Now, we do have a couple other things coming up to next week for the harder show Halloween special but here today I want to do an official episode and talk with you guys about something that I haven't discussed in a very long time it's something I have kind of oh, how can I how can I put this I've kind of not buried it isn't the right word but I have I talk about it here and there but I don't really sit down and think about it a lot and that is My personal experience with the paranormal and ghosts and so forth, specifically the ghosts of Giggs Music. So here today, we are going to be revisiting my experience working at Giggs Music, which is the music store I used to work at. We're going to talk about the apparent history of the building, which I discovered once I started working there. The types of ghosts or spirits, if you will, that generally you encounter. And then I'm going to start sharing my personal experiences. So if that sounds like fun, stick around. I hope that you guys are excited to hear about this. This It's something I haven't talked about in a while. I did cover this before, many years ago. But I am a very different person now. And I see the world very differently than I did at that point. And I hope that I'm able to bring some new perspective on some of these experiences that I had. So stay tuned for that. We're going to jump in because we're going to take a quick second to hear word from the sponsors who are helping the hotter show grow.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard.
1: All right, so for those of you who are not aware, I used to work at a music store, and this music store was called Gig's Music. It was located in Bowmanville, Ontario, Canada. And I worked there from 2013 to 2015. It was a wonderful experience. I had so much fun with my time there and i actually got to meet a lot of really awesome people that i just am so glad i still have in my life i look back very fondly on my time there and i I do talk about gigs music all the time it comes up in interviews a lot because a lot of musicians that i speak with who are you know longtime friends of mine i actually met during my time at gigs music so that hopefully kind of puts things into perspective a little bit it was a wonderful experience obviously it was a a dream job of mine and it's something that I do um I do miss obviously quite a bit because it was a dream job but I'm so thankful that I got to do that and the only thing that was kind of not so fun about uh working at gigs music there's was, there was two things Obviously goes without saying sometimes sitting with customers could be a little uh, a little a little interesting <laughs> um, however, the main thing was that gigs music 77 King Street West in Bowmanville is 150 percent haunted. Now I know when you may be thinking, really T.J you believe in that stuff? Well let me tell you. I never used to, I was someone who didn't believe in any of that kind of stuff. I was very much a, what I like to say is a, a logical thinking person. And I didn't worry about that kind of stuff. I, I just, I always thought it was bull honky and I I always had to keep an open mind, but I didn't, I didn't believe in it. I, I really didn't. I just didn't think it was plausible. I didn't think it. It was in reality. You know, people write stories about ghosts and there's movies about ghosts and things of that nature. And it was just never something I really believed in. So, when I started working at the store, I was not a believer of any of that kind of stuff. And now, I am 100% a believer. I have seen things I have heard things, I have experienced things that you cannot tell me is based in science and reality. I, I I just I can't. And it's it's freaky, but that is the the reality that I now find myself in. So when I started working at the store, there was myself, my boss Rob, who was gonna come up in the story a few times. And then also Steve, uh, who unfortunately Steve actually passed away uh, last year. So rest in peace, Steve. Um, to my knowledge, Steve never had any encounters or anything of that nature in the store. But when we started renovating the the store, um, I actually unfortunately was not around for a lot of the renovation because I actually got really sick uh, right around that time. I was sick for like two or three months. I was literally like... You know, basically in and out of the hospital. I was really sick. And uh, so I missed a lot of the renovations. But during the renovations, I was told stories that there would be these weird situations that would happen. Where, you know, they they would like hear weird noises coming from the basement. And they wouldn't be able to figure out what it was. To the point where they thought that they were like animals or something down there. But they never were able to find anything. They said there were times where they would know that they would turn off all the lights when they'd leave at night. They'd come in the next day and the lights would be on, things of that nature. But they never really thought anything of it. And <laughs> both of them were very, you know, Steve and Rob you know, kind of rough, tough guys, you know. So, um, so guys, as you can tell, I'm still dealing with this this weird voice thing. So I apologize in advance. I'm gonna do my best to uh not hack and cough and so forth, but it is very tricky. So they didn't really think anything of it, but uh, at some point during this time period, someone from the town came by and informed them a little bit of history behind the building. That it was, you know, a very historic downtown portion and the building was very old. That whole downtown area uh, in that area of King Street West there is very old. If you're from Bowlingville, listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. And the second you walked into the building, you could tell its age. You could like feel it. You know, when you walk in like a really old place and you can just feel like, wow, this place has some history. And there were a lot of different stores that were in that building. There was a skate shop, a bakery, clothing stores, tons of different clothing stores. Uh, I think a restaurant was in there at one point, but I'm not too sure. There was a lot of, um, a lot of businesses that were in there. And then at some point, someone mentioned to them. That apparently it used to be a crematorium. Now for those of you who are not familiar with what a crematorium is. uh, A crematorium is basically where they used to take dead bodies and would burn them into ashes and then send the ashes away. Or they would throw the ashes away if people didn't want them. Uh, Obviously it's not really something that's a thing anymore. But uh, apparently way, 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 way back in the day the building used to be a crematorium. Let's keep that in mind as we move forward here. I never believed that. I always thought that was just silly, but it was a fun story. You know, you'd have people come in and they'd be asking about the building. And it's like, oh, yeah, it used to be a crematorium. Ooh, you know. And uh, so we we always played that up and we kind of had fun with it. And after a while, uh, I was able to return to, well, not return, but kind of make my own appearance had gigs, and uh, the second I walked in that that building for the first time, I had this weird feeling, and I didn't know it at the time, but uh, I, I think it was a feeling that was like, I knew something more was going on here, if that makes any sense. I was just, I walked in and immediately... It wasn't like a cold feeling. It wasn't like an uncomfortable feeling. It was just like, oh, okay, like, something's here. It was almost like, the way I would equate it to, was almost like, you, you know when you're expecting someone and you're like waiting for them to come over or something, or you're waiting to be picked up by somebody? It was almost like that feeling. It was almost like I knew that there was someone who was in the building or was going to be coming to the building, like almost at all times. And because it was a retail store, maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. But I got that feeling the second I walked in there. And what's interesting is just to take a quick side note here, before we get into my actual experiences from my first time there, there are generally three different types of spirits or ghosts that you encounter, at least the three main ones, just to there's, Maybe subgrouping and things of that nature. But just to keep things simple, there are three. You, of course, have your neutral spirits, which are basically ghosts or entities that are, quote unquote, haunting um, your area. But they don't really, they're not like trying to cause issues. They're not trying to specifically haunt you per se and they're not trying to cause any issues or be violent or anything like that. They're just they're just kind of there wandering around. That maybe they're lost or they're there because they want to look after the area. You could say neutral or good spirits also I think would be acceptable. Um they're just kind of there. You know what I mean? They're not really hurting anything. And that's a lot of the times when people have an encounter with a a, a, a spear that doesn't make them feel threatened or anything. Um, that's potentially what they're referring to, is a a neutral spirit. We then have the chaotic spirits, which are, well, quite simply, they cause chaos. <laughs> um, these can be spirits that move things around. That cause minor issues to your home or to you, minor inconveniences. Things like maybe they hide your keys or they turn on your television. Um, not so much like a a poltergeist or anything like that, but like a very... spirit That's not going to cause you harm per se, but wants to mess with you and just do things that maybe, uh, you know might piss you off, but it's not going to like cause you any physical harm. And then <laughs> we have the malevolent spirits, which are, uh, well, those are your spirits that want to cause harm. Those are your evil spirits. Those are the spirits that you are in their home or you are in their area, or you have an object that belongs to them and they do not want you there, or they do not want you to be in possession of that. And they will try to remove you or harm you, or they're just evil. And they have followed you for whatever reason. Those are kind of the main three that you come into contact with, and it can be pretty intense, obviously, when you encounter a uh, chaotic or a malevolent spirit in my situation. There, I don't feel that there weren't any full neutral spirits that I dealt with, possibly one that I I will talk about a little later, Um, but it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you know, I, I got the feeling that pretty much all the spirits I dealt with were either chaotic or unfortunately they were malevolent for whatever reason. Or maybe I misunderstood them, but uh, that's what I was dealing with. <laughs> and again, before I jump into this, I just want to stress I'm sitting here totally stone sober. I'm not someone who likes to, uh, you know, expand my mind, bro, or anything like that. I am uh, not necessarily a religious person. I am not someone who is into a lot of that kind of stuff. And I never believed in any kind of spirits or ghosts until I had these situations happen to me. If you were here, I'd be looking you right in the eye and telling you these stories. Because yes, they obviously they are stories and I am going to try and present them in as much of a entertaining and interesting way as possible. But... The fact remains that all these are based in reality. Things that I saw, things that I experienced. Some of them could my eyes have been playing tricks on me? Maybe, but I don't think so. Could I have scared myself so badly that my brain made something up and I saw it? Maybe. Um, But there are a couple of encounters I had for sure. That I personally feel that to this day, I cannot explain. And it's been, well, twenty, say 2014, 2015 was when I had my share of most of them. Mainly 2014. So it's been, you know, eight years. And uh, so to this day, I, 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 there's a couple of things that happened to me that I just cannot figure out for the life of me. And it freaks me out to this day. It really, truly does. And that's why I wanted to revisit this now as... A little older. I'm really into horror now more than I used to be. I know a little bit more about situations. So maybe I can kind of debunk some of these. Maybe I can kind of look into these stories. And I listened back through to that uh, Ghost of Gigs Music podcast that I did years ago. And I was like, you know what? Maybe some of these I can add some more context to, or maybe I can debunk them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to jump in here and I'm going to talk a little bit about the Ghosts of Gigs Music. And the very first encounter that I actually had that now I call it an encounter. At the time, I just thought it was weird. First up, we have the stereo incident, the stereo incident. So picture, we are renovating at the store and I was actually in the back area which is going to be the lesson rooms and I was doing some cleaning up because we had just done a bunch of drywalling so there was a sheet that was in the doorway that led to the front of the store to try and keep some of the dust and stuff just in the back area so I was back there cleaning up cleaning up dust and bits of drywall and whatnot and I'm just minding my own business and there was a radio out in the front area of the store, this big stereo that we had there forever, and uh, we were—I was inside in the back there, of course, doing my thing—and then all of the sudden, the music just blares. I'm talking going from like three or four to like max. It was so loud that the speakers started to distort, like, badly. It was just... And actually, what's funny is uh, the song that it was was actually a song by the Sheepdogs. I believe it's called Who. It's like, who do you belong to? And... What's kind of hilarious is I wasn't a huge fan of the sh- Sheepdogs, which is totally relevant to this story, but I just thought it was funny because I could never remember what the song was. And then the other day that song came on the radio and I was like, oh my God, this is the song that was playing. And I know that because it was... The, there's like the, a guitar riff right after the chorus. And at the beginning of the song, I dug down in and down and down And it was so loud. And then when the vocals came in, it was just like completely distorted. And I thought that it was funny that I remember that. But so I yell out front, oh, do you like the song? No response. And I looked through and we had like, the, the thing we had up was like a clear drop shape. So like, you couldn't really see, cause it was, you know, it was clear, but it was like covered in dust and shit. and So you couldn't really see what, what was going on. And I'm looking and looking and I'm like, what the fuck, Rob? So I thought Rob was out front. So I go out the back door and turn, and we had this alleyway that was at the side of the building. And the alleyway was maybe five or six car lengths. Like, it was a pretty long little alleyway. And I came out of the building and turned down the alleyway and immediately ran into rob and it was like holy shit when i opened the door you could hear the song from outside that's how loud it was and he's standing there and he's smoking a cigarette and he says oh do you like the song or something Jeez. and i was like what are you talking about like i thought you turned it up like do you like the song and he was like no nah, nah, man i've been out here smoking and i looked at his cigarette. And he was, like, almost done his cigarette. Which means he had been outside for at least a couple of minutes. And this happened within the span of, like, 30 seconds or so. I immediately went outside. So I'm looking at him, and he's like, what? I'm like, someone just turned the radio up. Like, ridiculously loud. He's like, that wasn't you? I said, no, the drop sheet's still up. So we both look at each other, and we're like, yo, someone is inside. And we're like, oh, shit. So we start running to the front of the building to go in the front door because he was like well I locked the door like no one should be in there what the hell so we thought maybe someone had just gotten in and was messing with us or whatever but we were also like who the hell entered our store without a key so we uh you know we run inside swing the door open and it was so loud of the stereo at the front of the store that it was just like you couldn't even hear yourself think it was so loud. Like it was a full stereo system that we had, obviously, right? So I run over, turn the stereo down, and we're both just looking at each other like, what the hell? Like, what is going on here? And we look around and we look, and there was just some very fine drywall dust on the floor. And that day, the both of us, had walked in, we went around this thing we had set up by the stereo. So we didn't have any footprints leading to the stereo from the front door. Because it was like, you walked in, turned right, and the counter was right there, and then the stereo was right there too. So we had went basically straight through and around the counter. And so there were no footprints leading right to the stereo. Except for the ones I had just made. And we looked... And there was only two sets of footprints and they were ours because we both had, he was wearing like work boots and I was wearing runners and we both put our feet in it and we're like, okay, there's no other footprints here other than ours. There's none overlapping, anything like that. It is just our footprints. And the stairs turned up on its own. Now, at the time, we both kind of looked at each other and just laughed and we're like, oh man, like, oh, that's weird. And I think Rob jokingly said, like, oh, it's the ghost. Oh, you know, he, he never really bought any of that stuff. And uh, I, I just kind of chuck, chucked it up to the stereo malfunctioning or something. And we just went about our day. Didn't think anything else of it. And looking back on that incident, um, that was, I believe, a first encounter with a very specific spirit. Um, or a very specific ghost, I should say, that I will talk about actually at the end of the podcast, because I want to save him for last. But that was really my first encounter. So, fast forward, the store opened, we had our first you know, month or so of business. Nothing really happened. There there would be reports from Steve and Rob where like there'd be like weird noises and shit. Lights turning on by themselves and stuff, but nothing, nothing major would happen all the time where it was like, okay, what the hell? And then I started working alone on Saturdays. That was my shift when I started. I worked every Saturday, 10 to 4. And I didn't really experience anything for my first, my first two weekends. And then my third weekend, where I was working alone. I worked a couple shifts with Rob. And then I worked um, one shift where he like left halfway through the day. The second shift I was on my own. Third shift, fully on my own 100%. Doing my thing. Dream job. I'm working on guitars and stuff like that. What's not to like? So with the store, we had this motion center beeper. So when you would open the door and walk in, the beeper would go off. Anytime that door opened, the beeper would go off. Without fail, every single time, unless the power was out for some reason. It was hardwired in, there was no baddie or anything, so as long as the power was working, that beeple went off. And then I had an encounter with the old man. I'm working my third Saturday on my own and I was working on a guitar and now the way it worked when you walked into gigs music there was a counter right to your right when you walked in there was like a glass counter and had some guitar pedals in it and stuff like that and then directly to the right of that there was a workbench and that was the the bench that you would usually find me at I'd be there working on a guitar or just kind of doing inventory or looking over the lesson books or whatever. That's where I spend a lot of my time was at that bench. So at this particular time, I was working on a guitar and I actually had another guitar that I was working on at the same time. So directly behind the bench, there was like this like lip stage thing. We call it the mini stage. And we, had it set up with carpet and stuff. So every once in a while, I'd also have a guitar laying on that with the mat and stuff, and then I would work on another one there. So if I was working on two at once, didn't happen a lot, but once in a while I would do that. So this particular day, I had two guitars on the co, and I had my back turned to the door and the rest of the store. I'm doing my thing, la, 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 la. And I turned around, and was face to face with an elderly gentleman. And guys, I just about fainted. He scared me so badly because the beeper didn't go off. I didn't hear the door open. I didn't even hear this man walk in. He was silent. So when I turned around, made eye contact with him, I, I mean, I I seriously almost fainted. And he was smiling. He was like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. And luckily I recovered quickly. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, no problem. I just didn't hear a beeper go off. He was like, oh, that's strange. Like, yeah, I, 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 I said, I hope you haven't been standing there long. He said, no, no, no. I said, only a few seconds. I just walked up to the counter. I just, I didn't want to startle you by saying anything. Um, which is kind of funny looking back because... If he had walked in and said something, I would have been like, oh, hey, how are you? You know? So we begin having a conversation, this gentleman and I, and he informs me that he's not a musician or anything, but he considers himself a bit of a amateur historian. And he's always made it his mission to come into new businesses that come into the area here on King Street and just kind of welcome them and just be like, hey, how you doing? And, you know, talk a little bit about the building if they so choose to hear about it. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, like you guys know me, I like to talk to everybody, and I'll sit and talk to you for hours if you let me, you know, that's just kind of my thing. I've always enjoyed, obviously, as you guys very well know. So me and this gentleman start talking while I'm working on these guitars. Nothing of significance in in the beginning, he's just telling me about some of the businesses he remembers being here, and things of that nature, and a little bit of history about the area. Nothing worth going into this is maybe over the span of five, 10 minutes that we were having this conversation, maybe closer to five minutes that we were talking at this point. And as we're talking, this gentleman is very friendly. He's very warm, you know, um, very respectful, looks me in the eye, all that kind of stuff, you know, just, excuse me, a really nice older gentleman. And as we begin to kind of wind down the conversation, he mentioned something to me about, did you hear about the odd history with this building? Something of that nature. And uh, I said, oh, are you referring to it being a crematorium? And he said, yes. And I chuckled and I said, oh yeah, I heard that story. And in this moment, the second that those words leave my lips... This man goes from smiling at me, being very friendly, to immediately stone-faced. The most serious look I've ever had seen on anyone's face. He looks me right in the eye and he says, it's not a story, it's true. And I immediately felt very uncomfortable. To this day, I still feel uncomfortable thinking about it. The way his face went from a nice big warm smile to just not angry, but just plain stone faced. And he said, It's not a story, it's true. And I looked at him, I said, Oh, really? Okay. And he starts going into detail about this crematorium, how it used to. The lower level of the building is where they, you know, uh, would burn the bodies and so forth. And he starts going into detail about how the basement is laid out. And he says, you know, the crawl space. We had this crawl space. And I said, yeah. He says, well, that used to be set up this way and blah, blah, blah. And in the back area there, that's where they used to actually have the uh, little, I don't know what you call it. It's an oven, but like a little thing for boarding the bodies and I was kind of like oh okay didn't think anything really of it to be honest I was pretty creeped out mainly because as he's telling me all this he's very just kind of n- not getting angry but very serious and at this moment I notice his skin starting to get a little pale and I was like okay like "Hmm." And he's telling me all this. And I said to him, Oh, have you been in the basement recently? And he looks at me and he says something that I didn't think anything of it at the time, but I think about it all the time now. This man looks me in the eye and says, No, not in this lifetime. And then he kind of chuckled. And I chalked that up to just an old man saying you know and uh now i'm not so sure Hmm. something to ponder i guess as i finish off my story here and so he's telling me about all this and as he's telling me he's getting pale and kind of clammy and he's starting to kind of just look like he's almost in pain and it gets to the point where i i say to this gentleman say sir are you okay like you're getting pale and stuff and he kind of goes oh this is oh yeah i'm i'm okay i'm okay i'm fine um you know I'm, I'm an old man or whatever he said you know and uh he he keeps talking a little bit and at this point i've kind of just checked out of the conversation cuz i was weirded out but also i was worried about this guy i was like yo like this guy's not okay so i had my cell phone pulled out and i had 911 dialed Mainly because I was going to call him an ambulance. Because I was like, this guy does not look okay. Um, we had a couple of homes near us. And just, I thought, maybe, you know, should this guy be out on his own? Like, he like physically. Mentally, he seemed very sharp. But just physically, I was like, I don't know anymore. Which is not nice to me to assume that, obviously, I understand. But I was worried about his well-being. So, I had my phone on the counter. And just, we're finishing up the conversation. And the conversation just kind of abruptly ends... And he looks at me and he goes, well, I guess I better be getting back. It's late. And I look at the clock and it's like 2.30 in the afternoon. But I didn't think anything of it. Because at this point, I kind of just wanted the conversation to end. And he starts shuffling to the door very painfully. And as we were talking in the first few minutes of our conversation, he was standing up nice and straight and he would... Just not pace, but like take a couple of steps here and there and look at stuff, you know? And he seemed very agile, especially for his age. And then at this point, he's like shuffling. And I was like, okay, like this guy is not all right. And he's almost out of the store. And we had this rail thing by the front door and he stops and he leans on the rail and he looks at me. And I looked at him and I said, sir, are you sure you're okay? Can I, is there someone I can call for you? I'm like, you do not look well. Like I'm worried about your safety. I'm going to call someone for you. And he goes, no, 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 no. I'm fine. I promise I'm okay. Um, and he just looks at me and he says, good luck with the building. You're going to need it. And he kind of just chuckled and smiled and walked out the door. Beeper didn't go off when he walked out. I thought that was strange. But I figured it was malfunctioning. And I watched. We had these great big three like windows. So I could see you from when you walked out the door to the alley. I could see you. And then once you got into the alley, I could look on the cameras and see you because we had a camera in the alleyway. (sighs) I stood there for a few seconds and just went, nope, something's not right. I don't want to let this guy go. I want to call an ambulance for him. So I run up from behind the counter just as he's like going past the last window into the alleyway or down the street. Which is all a big open wide street. So I go, grab my phone, I'm running out the door, I swing the door open, and the beeper goes off. And I just about have a heart attack because it scares me half to death. And I looked up at it and I went, well, fuck, okay, I guess the beeper's working. I go outside and he's gone. I mean gone. Like, no sign of him. So I run to the alley, look down the alley. Now, it would have taken this guy a couple of minutes to get down the alley, the way he was walking. And he wasn't down the alley. I ran down the alley, looked in the back. There were no cars in the back but mine. In that time period, even if he got into a car or something of that nature, I would have seen him. I would have seen the car. There was nothing. There was nothing going on downtown at this time of day. Nothing. I didn't see a car on the street for like 10 minutes. So I run back and I check the apartment door and it's locked. I run next door to the, there was an Amish furniture store next door. And I open the door and I go, hey, uh, did you guys see uh, an elderly gentleman walk by here? And he kind of just looks at me and was like, nah, I haven't seen anybody all day. And I was like, okay, thanks. I run out, I run down to the bar, that's the only other thing that was open, which is way down the other end of the street, open it up, hey, have you seen an old gentleman come by here? And they said, no, man, like just my regulars, I haven't seen anyone else all day. I said, cool. So at this point, I'm really confused. And I thought, oh, maybe he got into a car and left, like that was parked out front. And they peeled off. But I was like, well, I didn't see anything. I didn't see any cars parked, nothing. But I was like, maybe there's a car on the camera. Because if there was a car sitting right past the window, I would have seen it on the camera. So I go back in. Now, we had the way our system was set up. Um, I could reverse and look and stuff. but it, it, And it could be saved on like a USB stick, but it was really finicky. And I would give anything to have this footage. Of course, that's how these things seem to go. And we, I ran inside, reversed, and he was on camera walking around and stuff. And he was on camera walking, like, across where the windows were. And right as the camera feed would have switched over to him walking either down the alley or past the alley, or getting a new moving car. there was a, at least a few meters that would have been captured of him. Second he walked past that window, there's like a three-foot gap thing, or maybe a, a, a seven foot gap thing where there's like a brick wall and a door and then another brick wall. But it's all on camera. Then I watched. as he walked, I saw him on the camera for the front door. Through the window, he walked. Got out of view with that. And he was gone. Gone. Nowhere. Nothing on the camera footage for where he went. And I pondered this for a few minutes and rechecked the footage and got to the point where um, I ended up going upstairs and seeing what tenants were home. And... Just like, does anyone, if you had any company over anything? And they're like, no, like I just said, yeah, there was a, a elderly gentleman down here or like walking around that I just, I think he needs help. And they're like, oh no, like we haven't seen anybody. There's only two of them home. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I just didn't really think anything of it. thought it was weird. Camera must've malfunctioned or something, you know? And later that night, I'm laying in bed, and I just can't shake it. What the fuck happened to that guy? He just disappeared. Again, I stress, I am a logical thinking person. I want to believe he got into a car that was parked in the alleyway, and that car peeled out, and he was gone. But in that span of 30 seconds, maybe a minute, I would have seen something or it would have been captured on the camera because the camera was working. I went out and checked. Nothing. Now, for my own peace and well-being, I have determined in my mind that I was talking to a neutral spirit. And... I I I don't know. I, I In my mind, I can't logically explain it any other way. Saying that to myself has brought me some kind of, at that moment, it brought me peace in that because it bothered me a lot because I also felt like, well, I should have done more. You know? But uh, I don't think I could have done anything. I'm not even sure that was a real human being. I don't know. Could I have made that whole thing up in my head? I don't know. And I don't think I'll ever know. That's the, well, I will never know. That's the whole thing here. And that is, uh, that's the story of the old man. We now move to the more, I say interesting stories, but, you know, the, uh, the old man's pretty interesting too. These are my encounters with the ghosts that were in the basement of gigs music if you came in the music between the time we were open to the time we closed if you hung around enough at some point either rob or myself would tell you about the haunted basement for god's sakes at halloween we made it an attraction we told people our basement's haunted come check it out and we actually had a uh a, a amateur paranormal investigator come in one time and was like yeah, my friend said you guys basement's haunted you might have to take a look around and this guy went down there he was down there for geez like 40 seconds to a minute he came up and just went nope I went nothing eh he goes I I, I won't check I went what do you mean he goes no nope not feeling it. Nope. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And he just kind of was like, I, I, I don't feel safe checking. And I was like, okay. I think I forgot to mention that on the Ghost of Gigs music. But we did have that guy come in one time. Only once, though. Because so I invited him back. I said, do you want to come during the day? He just, nope. Nope. I'm good. He said, just no bueno. Not feeling it. And at that point, I hadn't had any encounters. However one day i was downstairs and i was working on something down there and at this point i had a co-op student working with me this is when i was working there myself was when i started working there full time and i was downstairs doing whatever the hell i was doing looking for something or whatever And I had this mirror that was down there. And I had it sitting on the shelf. It was this old mirror. It wasn't anything special. It's like an old plastic mirror. And I was walking by it. And I looked in the mirror. And for a brief second, I saw the face of a man it's only for a second and it was very very defined look he had a big beard kind of a plain looking face some straggly hair and that was it and I first time didn't think anything of it you know and the second time that i saw him he was looking forward in the mirror just both times i saw him first two times he was just looking forward in the mirror he wasn't looking at me and they were just looking forward the third time that i saw him he was looking at me like when my eyes looked at that mirror His eyes were looking at me. There is no way anyone will ever tell me otherwise. He was looking at me. And I full on just ran. I got the fuck out of there. Because in that moment, he looked angry. And I just left. And the final time that I saw the bearded man, I was actually, so we, I talked about the crawl space. So we had this little crawl space that led to like this bigger room that had like a boiler room. It's kind of a weird setup. You had to literally be on your hands and knees to get to it. And in the back by like the outside wall where the crawl space was, sometimes we'd have boxes in there, guitar box and stuff. And sometimes a boxer would fall way into the back so you literally had to get on like your stomach to go get it and at this time um i would do this because sometimes there would be like pieces of brick and stuff that would like fall because was no building right so i didn't want the, and, like nails and stuff so i didn't want the co-ops crawling around down there so i had my one co-op upstairs and i was down there crawling around getting the boxes doing my thing and I just, I'm, I'm literally on my stomach crawling, and I grab this box, and I'm crawling back, and I feel this presence, and I just was like, the, you know how you just, you feel someone is like in the room with you, or looking at you, or whatever, I felt that, 100%. So I crawl out and I turn to the doorway because I figure my co-op student's standing there. And I'm like, oh, what's up? And I turn. And all I see is this man standing there. And again, he was only there for a second or two. Right in the doorway, right in standing in the light. As clearly as I can see this microphone standing there looking right at me. And he was angry. And I looked at him. And he looked at me. And I went to go speak, blinked, and he was gone. But in that moment, I felt so unsafe. I had goosebumps. The hair in the back of my neck was standing up. I, I had just... I felt ill. I ran up those fucking stairs, slammed the door, and just was done down there for a few days. And to this day, I think maybe uh, maybe what I saw was not a person. Maybe it was a manifestation of my overactive imagination, which I do have. But what I can explain is that feeling. I have never in my life felt like that before. And I've only felt like that one other time since. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. That feeling of just... I am in immediate danger and need to leave this area. All my skin is covered in goosebumps. All the air in my body is standing up. I felt sick to my stomach. It was fear in its most basic level, like primal fear, primal level. You need to get the fuck out of where you are because you are about to die. (laughs) That is how I felt. In that moment, and I ran up those stairs and just, that was it. And my co-op student looks at me and he's like, what's going on? And I didn't say anything. I didn't talk about it because it freaked me out too much. And even sitting here now, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, Especially doing this alone this time around, this revisited. Uh, When I did this, I was doing it with one of my old co-op students, uh, Isaac, And that was different doing it with someone. Now I'm sitting here and I'm just alone with my thoughts and I'm just talking to you guys. This is different, this is, I'm remembering that feeling of just primal fear. And I've I've, I've never been in a situation like that. Luckily, in my life, just this time, I've been scared before. You know, uh, I was trapped in an elevator for a couple of hours. That sucked. I was scared there near the end because it sucked. Um, Roller coasters freak me out and make me feel ill with fear. I don't like heights. Um, Otherwise, I've never really been in a situation like that before. So I don't know what it feels like. You know, I've never been like walking in the woods and come face to face with a bear. I've never been... Uh, Luckily, uh, knock on wood, uh, held a gunpoint or anything, you know? like, So I can't equate it to anything else. But to me, it was a primal fear deep inside me that was like, get the fuck out of Dodge. Then, I had an encounter with probably, this is the worst encounter I had. This is the one that, really keeps me up at night. Sometimes I'll think back to this, specifically the one moment I had with this one, and uh, it makes me uncomfortable to this day. It makes my skin crawl when I think about it and when I talk about it. The old lady in the crawl space. So... I was fixing the internet, our internet box, right when you walk down the stairs, there was this wall that had like a bunch of panels on it and breakers and shit like that. And our internet was right there. So every once in a while, I would have to go down there and unplug it, plug it back in, get it working again. And to the immediate left of this wall was the doorway that entered into the crawl space. And as I was standing there, it was the middle of the day. I was alone in the building, and I was finished doing what I was doing, and I just happened to look to my left, and I saw this little old lady looking at me. And she had these piercing eyes, but they were dead. And uh, straggly hair, and she was smiling at me. But it was like an uncomfortable smile. And uh, you know what I can equate it to now? If you guys have seen the trailer for that movie, Smile, the new horror movie that just came out, yeah, that's yeah. That's that's how it felt. That's how it looked to me. And I blinked, and she was gone. And I went okay. I'm just psyching myself out. And uh, I was walking back. Happened to look to my right, to the mirror that was on the shelf, and I saw her again in the mirror, looking at me, smiling. I just shook my head, looked back, she was gone, went up the stairs either way. (laughs) Is what it is, right? Not not that bad, I guess. It was freaky, but I went, oh man, I'm really messing with myself here, you know? So at this point, I was still in fucking denial, by the way. Even with the dude. Like, I was still in the aisle. And I, a couple of weeks later, or well, maybe a month or two later, whatever, was back downstairs doing something, walked by that mirror, and I saw her again. Clear as day. And it freaked me out, but didn't really think anything of it. Third time, I was down there grabbing some boxes. I happened to look into the crawl space and I saw the silhouette of her and I just kind of, again, was freaked out. Didn't really think anything of it. <laughs> now, let me reiterate this next part by saying that uh, I'm, I'm not very fucking intelligent sometimes. And at this point, I started to get curious about it, right? I was, I was seeing these things and I was sure that what I was seeing wasn't real. I was sure that what I was seeing wasn't real and was my mind playing tricks on me. But I wanted to test myself to see if these were things my mind was creating because I was bored or distracted or if I could basically manifest it myself. You've heard me say a lot on this podcast around Halloween and stuff like that. If you go looking for paranormal and ghosts and demons and things of that nature, you're gonna fucking find them. And I say that because I have experience with it. I reiterate before I tell this part, I am not someone who believed any of this shit beforehand. And I am not someone who expands my minds with drugs or anything like that. You know, I may do the occasional edible, but this was long before all that. It was late one evening after we had some lessons. And there was only myself and one other teacher in the, uh, in the school. Music school at the time. Well, Geeks Music in our lesson area. He was chilling in the back there, finishing up. And, uh, I went downstairs to, I don't remember what I was doing. It's irrelevant. And I was looking into the crawl space and I didn't see anything. I looked and I saw the mirror. And for some reason, I'm really fucking smart. (laughs) I decided to pick up the mirror. Turn my back to the crawl space and hold the mirror up. <laughs> Did it once? Nothing. Did it twice? Nothing. And then the third time, I saw that little old lady. as clear as day. as clear as I'm looking at this microphone right now. And she was looking at me. And she smiled, and we made eye contact in the mirror. And the, that primal fear that I talked about just deep down hit me again, like worse than before. Just something said to me, dude, get the fuck out of where you are because you are about to die. So, I drop the mirror, and I start walking towards the stairs. I'm maybe a couple meters away, but as I'm walking, I look back down at the mirror, and I see, like, the bottom side of her face, meaning she is behind me, following me, and I I, I, I start fucking running, and... Uh, I felt the air moving behind me. Like, you know when you're walking and there's someone behind you and you can feel it? I felt the fucking air move behind me. And uh, the second my foot hit that stair, I took one, two steps, and something grabbed my shirt. Sorry, I'm not crying. I'm, like, stuffy. But I am getting a little fucking yeah it's a lot to go back to this um it felt like my shirt was snagged on a fucking nail like hard you know when you're walking and just your shirt just go and it like stops you digging your tracks that's what it felt like and i start pulling thinking my shirt actually just got caught on a nail and i i i look back and uh little old lady's standing there and she's reaching out and uh, I didn't see her hand on my shirt or what was holding my shirt but I saw her she was smiling looking at me and I saw her hand was kind of extended and I started fucking screaming so goddamn loud and so much that my voice was going hoarse. And I started just, like, just, I have never been more afraid in my entire fucking life. Again, that primal fear. I immediately wanted to vomit. And uh, I just started screaming. And I uh, I got free. And ran upstairs, slammed the door shut, ran to the other side of the store, which we had a big store. And I was the whole time like screaming until I kind of got out of the doorway and I slammed the door. And then I stopped kind of like screaming. So I was like screaming like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, my God. Like just incoherently screaming. And I'm literally standing on the other side of the door. Oh, the other side of the store, excuse me. And we had this like office that was literally on the other side of the store. I opened the door, ran in there, and I was sitting in the chair. We had like the little desk we had in there. And I was sitting on the chair, like just hyperventilating. I thought I was going to be sick. I literally grabbed the garbage can and thought I was going to be sick. And the teacher who's in the back comes running over and is like, Whoa, like what's going on? Oh my god, like what are you doing like thinking I'm joking around? And uh he takes one look at me. And I look up at him and he sees me there basically hyperventilating like with this garbage can at my feet and he's like, "Are you all right?" And I just I just looked at him and just was like, Yeah. And we didn't discuss it ever again. And it took me a very long time to come to terms with this, what I experienced. And uh, I truly 100% believe, and you will never be able to tell me otherwise, that I had an encounter with a malevolent spirit. I don't know why I don't know to one end. I don't know why I was chosen. (laughs) I guess because I was the only one who was there. Maybe I'm susceptible to such things because I started to believe. Was it all in my head? I genuinely do not believe so because I know what I fucking saw. And I know what I experienced. More so, I know what I felt. Looking back on it, it's very uncomfortable. Looking back on it and thinking about that feeling right now, it's literally giving me like a pit in my stomach. Um, I encounter them with Evelyn Spirit. And no one will ever be able to tell me otherwise. And then... We have the last spirit that I encountered in the basement of Giggs Music. The Sushing Lady. Stupid name, I know. But uh, I have to tell this story because she was the last one I encountered. And it was interesting. So this was right near the time we were closing. And I was downstairs backing some stuff up. And, uh, I turned and looked in the crawl space area and I saw a silhouette of a woman. Flashed my light. Nothing. I went, okay. Playing tricks on me. Mind you, while this was happening, there were people upstairs because I vowed I wouldn't go downstairs unless it was number one during the day. And number two, there were at least a couple people upstairs. Um, didn't think anything of it oh, it's just my, my, my eyes are playing tricks on me now that one like it was a silhouette whatever the fuck and uh, the very last time the mirror was one of the last things we had left to uh, pack up in the basement and uh, I had my co-op down with me and I had sent him upstairs with some boxes and I picked up this mirror <laughs> I just have to chuckle at myself sometimes. And I just I just lifted up the mirror and held it up looking into the crawlspace. Now at this point, the mirror was broken, obviously. But it was still like intact. It was, There was a nice big crack in it, but it was still intact. And uh, in the mirror I saw a woman. And she looked totally normal, and uh, she didn't. I didn't immediately feel anything. Um, and I just was looking at her. She was looking at me, and I went to go say something because at this point I was okay. There are spirits down here. I tried to communicate with them before, which I did forget to mention. I did try and talk to them, but nothing ever came of it. And I went to go say something to the spirit, or what I thought was a spirit. And I went to go say something, and as I literally went to go open my mouth, she very quickly lifted her finger up to her lips and went, shh. And as she did that, I ran up those fucking stairs so goddamn quick faster than I've ever moved. I didn't have that primal fear. I didn't have that instinct that time. But I just know. What what are you? What's going on? And then what's interesting is this is one I think about a lot. Because as much as the bearded man and the old lady freak me the fuck out, especially the old lady obviously, um, this one makes me think sometimes. Like, what was the spirit's intention? I, I, I don't know. And I, because I didn't explore more, obviously, uh, I didn't. I don't know. But that was the last encounter I had uh, with the ghosts in the basement of Gigs Music. Now, we have saved the best for last. Because, as I have mentioned, Not all spirits are malevolent. Not all spirits are even necessarily neutral. Some spirits just like to have a good time at your expense. And I am, of course, talking about my dear friend, Randy the Douchebag Ghost. If you came in the gigs music while I was there, there is a pretty good chance you may have heard me talk about Randy the douchebag ghost. Because things would happen in that building, in the storefront, that I could not explain. The very first time that I had an encounter with Randy the douchebag ghost, I believe, was the stereo situation I talked about earlier. I am convinced that he was there and he turned up the stereo. That's what I think. The second time, which was way after, I was at the very back of the store and we had like a container full of picks at the front counter. This big thing had like over 5,000 picks in it. (coughs) And I'm at the back of the store. No one's in there. No co-ops, nothing. And all of a sudden, a fucking guitar pick hits me in the back of the head. Like... Clears day. Hits me in the back of the head. And it hits the ground. And I turn around and look. No one's there. I thought maybe someone had snuck in and was fucking with me. I turn around and look. Nothing. And I I looked around on the ground. looked up to the ceiling thinking maybe something fell from the ceiling. So imagine my surprise when I looked down and saw a fucking guitar pick. And I just was like, Huh. Sent a bit of a chill down my spine, but it was just kind of weird. And from there, things would start happening. One of the most comical, which actually, when Isaac was on, he told the story about it because he had encounters with uh, Randy as well. <laughs> um, we had this tube amp, which, if you don't know what tube amps are, um, basically guitar tube amps are guitar amps that have tubes in them that are make the amp more powerful. And basically they sound better. So we had a tube amp and the thing was with tube amps is if you leave them on for a really long time, you can like fuck the tubes up and burn them out. Or after a while you have to change the tubes out anyway. So I was very careful with this amp. I didn't let just anybody use it. I usually leave it unplugged, things like that, you know, just to make sure nothing ever happened with it. And uh, I came in one day. It was after a weekend shift. So it was Monday. I came in doing my thing. No one was in that store. On the Saturday, I was there. I only had students in that day. I had put that guitar amp out on Friday. Middle of the afternoon. No one touched that guitar amp. I put it out there myself. I plugged it in, but I did not. I turned it on to make sure it was working. I know I turned it off. Because there's a switch on the back you had to hit. I know I turned that son bitch off. Fast forward. Isaac comes in Monday morning. He's walking around doing his thing. And uh, he goes, oh, hey, was someone using this amp? And I go, what are you talking about? He's walking around doing this thing. And he goes, hey, did someone use this amp? I said, what are you talking about? What amp? He goes, the tube amp. It's on. And I was like, nah, no one used it. So I look, and sure enough, fucking thing's on. And uh, I was furious because... I just went, no, I know I turned it off. To this day, I swear to you guys, I know I turned that fucking amp off. And thus started the situations where amps would be randomly turned on for no reason. Things would be unplugged. You'd be in the middle of vacuuming and all of a sudden your cord would just go flying out of the outlet. Which at first I thought was because the outlets weren't, like, you know, sometimes you'll plug something into an outlet and it'll just, like, fall out. It's like the cord's fucked. But it wasn't that. It was a brand new vacuum. And I thought it was maybe someone fucking with me. Nope. Because it happened. It happened. I, I watched it happen once. Isaac plugged the fucking vacuum in. Went into the back to vacuum. And I'm standing there looking at the cord. And all of a sudden the thing just flew out and was off. And as these things started happening. It was. A very. Um. Interesting situation because I started to get really mad at these things happening. But what pushed me over the edge was one day I was doing what was my least favorite thing to do in the store, which was doing inventory for the guitar picks. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going to inventory guitar picks. Yes, because we are a smaller store. Every cent counts. I want to know how many guitar picks we have, how many we sold, blah, 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 blah. So we had this case of over 3000 guitar picks and where we had this case, it was, you had to like lift up the lid to get to the picks. And we had it on this counter where there was lips on either side of the counter, like little things. So in order to get the pick case off that counter, You had to lift it. If you slid it one way or the other, it would hit the slip and wouldn't go anywhere unless you physically lifted it and tipped it over or you lifted it up. It was that way by design so that the pick thing didn't accidentally fall off. So I just inventoried the picks and I put it on the counter, made sure it was perfectly centered because I did it once where I had it on the lip by accident and I touched it and it went flying and they went all over the floor and It sucked. I did that once when I was really new, and I never did it again. It's a mistake you don't make twice. So I put the pick case down, went about my business, I'm on the other side of the store, and all of a sudden, I hear that dreaded sound. The crash, and the of the picks flying everywhere. Now look back and the pick case is literally upside down on the ground. And I just fucking lost my shit because I knew what had happened. I'm literally sitting there picking up these picks, screaming. And at that moment, I decided I was going to name this ghost. And I started yelling, Frank, you fucking son of a bitch what kind of sick pleasure do you get out of inconveniencing my life you fucking asshole I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs at nothing and my co-op student walked in Isaac actually shortly after I was done and I was just like fucking and he was like oh what happened so I oh yeah fucking Frank did this and he just kind of looked at me like what who's Frank I referred to this ghost so much and we just randomly be like, God damn it, Frank. And I'd like fix something. He thought I was talking about someone else who worked there, which I guess technically he did work there. He was an unofficial employee. <clears throat> and uh, I just, I'd just be like doing something else. And I'd be like, oh, fucking God damn it, Frank. So it took him a while, but then he realized, oh, he's referring to the ghost. Fast forward and I decided I didn't like the name Frank I didn't want to call him Frank anymore because he, he stopped doing things that were like major inconveniences he just started doing little things and they were mostly things that would make me look crazy he loved doing that, he loved making me look fucking crazy because I would blame things on him and then one day I was serving my dear friend John Ward from Nothing Serious which is a fantastic band by the way go check them out and John remembers this story and he remembers this vividly. I was looking at him over the counter and behind me was the guitar string rack thing and the way this worked to get your guitar strings, you had to literally like push the thing in and lift them out. I'm serving him and all of the sudden a packet of guitar strings hits the floor. And he just gives me this look. He's wide-eyed. And it's just like, what the fuck? So I look down at the guitar strings and look at John. And I go, those just hit the ground, didn't they? And he's just like wide-eyed looking at me like, how the fuck did that just happen? And I went, ah, Randy, which technically is from Family Guy, by the way. Uh, Randy Falcher, you know. It's an episode where he Peter talks about his bully. My book reports on the giving tree. Randy pulls down his pants. Randy. Peter's the urinal peeing. All of a sudden, Randy pulls his pants up. Randy. It was was great. But I knew John was a big Family Guy fan. So in that moment, instead of starting to cuss at Frank, I kind of made it a comical thing. And he, he chuckled, but he kind of looked at me like, And I didn't know John at the time that well, but later on, after a couple of months of him coming in, I told him about Randy and I said, yeah, you know, he's the ghost. And he was like, dude, are you serious? And I was like, I've never been more serious in my life. And I said, you know, he's not evil or anything. He's just kind of a douchebag. And he was like, oh, he's Randy, the douchebag ghost. And that was how the legend of Randy, the douchebag ghost was born And I could sit here all night telling you Randy the Douchebag Ghost stories, but uh, those are a few of my favorites from my dear friend Randy the Douchebag Ghost. And uh, I was convinced Randy followed me to my other job at the plaza. Um, Since then, haven't had any experiences with Randy or any paranormal experiences since. Which I'm not against, by the way. I don't want to have any more experiences. I'm good. But yeah. Yeah. Those are the ghosts of gigs music revisited here today on the harder show for this Halloween special and I hope that you enjoyed me uh, bringing up some paranormal trauma from my fucking life because uh, yeah fuck that Um, (laughs) definitely never want to go through that ever again if I can help it
0: how powerful is Cox Internet so powerful that one day
1: And I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like, leave a comment, and let me know if you've had any paranormal experiences. I would love to hear about them. And before I go, of course, I want to give it, take a second to give a humongous shout-out to my Patreon supporters, my hardheads. We, of course, have the OG hardhead, Mr. Scott D. We have the Grey Rooms podcast. We have... Wolf Delta Pi, also known as Tanner Wood. We have Ronan Komori, also known as Mo. Both of those two you can find in my Discord, by the way, which you should join and check out. We have Eric Phones, who is also in my Discord. Check him out. We have Arthur Unk, head writer of the Grey Rooms podcast. Arthur is also in my Discord, so come hang out with us. Big shouts to all them. And we, of course, have... Mike Quintero of Mike's Mystery Mansion. Mike, thanks for all the support, brother. I appreciate you. And if you would like a little shout-out like that at the end of every single episode of the Hotter Show, consider joining the Hotter Show Patreon. On top of getting little shoutouts and access to my private servers on Discord and stuff like that, you will also get access to what is one of my favorite things in the world, the Tapes of Trepidation Horror Narration Podcast that I do exclusively on my Patreon. Last week, I broke my rule of exclusiveness on the Patreon and ended up sharing the six most recent episodes with everybody to give you guys a little taste of what they get. Mainly because I had no voice, couldn't release a podcast, but I wanted to do something because it's Halloween and it's my favorite time of year. So I wanted to get some content going as this is another kind of Halloween special type thing with the Ghost of Gigs music here. And I... Have so much fun doing the tape trepidation and I got a lot of really good feedback from some people that were like, "Man, like I didn't expect that out of you," and I have a lot of fun doing it, and that's something in the future you'll definitely see me continue to do. Um, I got something coming up next week. I'm really, really excited about. I already hyped it up last week, so I'm going to tell you I have some family-friendly stories for Halloween that I'm going to do. I'm hoping my voice is 100%. Uh, in the next couple of days, 100%. It's pretty much there, but just so I can maybe do some different voices and stuff. I don't have my full range back yet, but I'm hoping I can get to that point because I've got a few. Uh, I, think, I think I've got about 10 classic family friendly ghost stories. Now, when I say family friendly, I mean like there's no swearing or major, major gore or anything like that. Some of them are still pretty creepy. And then of course, I also have some classic urban legends, so stay tuned for that. And then I have a massive crossover project that I I don't wanna talk about yet, but on Halloween, something fucking awesome is coming and it is going to blow your mind. So stay tuned for that. And for my patrons, you got something coming before the end of the month. So just bear with me. I plan to already have some stuff out, but like I said, my voice was pretty fucked up. I am now pretty much 100% recovered, so I got something coming your way. So stay tuned for that, and stay tuned next week. Killer stuff coming, and after that, lots more stuff to come here for The Harder Show. Thank you guys so very much for all the support, and I'll catch you next time right here on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.
0: Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games, so join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We we're created by law 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>